a Shishkin Productions podcast. Hemingway becomes Ernest Hemingway because he wrote like 1,500 words every day. I think, Chris, the fact that you worked in news and you learned how to cut quickly makes you crazy valuable as an editor. Chris is the Hemingway of, of post-production. That's <laughs> what we always say. He's the Hemingway of the office. He comes in stinking of rum every day. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, what's up, Sizzlers? Welcome to another episode of the Sizzle Real Podcast. What's up, y'all? We're still sizzling. <laughs> yep, we're just we we didn't let the sizzle fizzle. No, the it sizzle has so not close. fizzled. It's a uh, a little low energy today. We yeah. did have our networking event we last our, night. Yeah, well, we'll we're going to get into that. We're going to have some salacious details yeah. of Chris's exploits. I didn't have yeah, exploits. Yeah, Chris, Chris won at Domino's. Chris won a bunch of Domino's. That was the, oh, that was yeah. the exploit. There was there was Domino's. You went on a winning streak. Um, no, we have a, we, we did, we had our networking event. That was a great time. And yeah, there's a lot to say about it. Um, we do have a very special guest on this episode. It's, it's a, a, it's a big show. It's, I was, I couldn't believe we, we got him. I, I was, I was thinking like his publicist was going to ghost me. There's no way we're going to get this guy. He's got too much shit to do, but we ended up getting him. You guys are going to hear a, well, if you read the title, you already know who's on, but he's not going to talk for another few minutes because we haven't introduced him yet. Exactly. Um, before we get into the show, Chris, you want to let the people know where they can find us and where they can leave their voicemails and all that? Yeah, absolutely. So we are at Sizzreel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Gang at gmail.com. Send us an email. Why not? Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, especially for this episode, we are Sizzle Real Gang on Reddit. That's right. Yeah feel, yeah. feel free to reach out to us there as well. We're fairly active. And uh, of course, we have the Sizzle Real cold line. cold line. That is 332-333-4361. So that is Brr. a cold line, it's not a hotline. No one will pick up. It will go straight to voicemail and That's you can right. leave a message. We will play it on the show. Ask a question, whatever you want. Yep. And You uh, don't have to talk to anybody. So if you're afraid of talking to people on the phone, great. You're not. You're just talking to yourself. Look, so, some you know, people get anxiety like when they, doing when they this call. podcast. We're just talking to ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, no, but yeah, leave a message. Yeah, Joe Nana actually called me today. He wanted, um, he needed advice on the, the jellyfish. Oh, okay. He was thinking about getting a jellyfish for there, for uh, wherever he works down <laughs> in Florida. And uh, it's a great investment. Yeah. The other people are trying to get some like legacy brand, like old school type giant server. And they're like, it's going to be like two hundred thousand dollars. And Joe's like, I really think we can make it happen for like sixty five thousand. They absolutely jellyfish. And then uh, actually, speaking of of Reddit, I I went on Reddit right before this. Yeah actually recommended a jellyfish to someone else so really luma forge owc run me that check right. <laughs> i'm out here just plugging away yo the jellyfish kind of saved our butts this week because uh oh so on yes. tuesday uh we get to the office and something is really trippy with the wiring like the yeah. the lights are flashing flickering constantly yeah. the internet keeps going out the computers eventually just like won't turn on yeah and the battery backup started like kicking into action and then they started running out of juice and beeping and exactly and uh you know we had deadlines to meet that day we do yeah. the the weekly uh goals of the week and saves of the week for mls mm-hmm. You know, they're due at noon and this this all starts at like 1030. Yeah. And uh, the only way, luckily we had gotten the edits done right before, but we weren't able to upload them 
Uh, yeah, it was like kind of, kind of as like delivery was happening. We were yeah. like, oh, great. It's going to be done early this week. And suddenly, suddenly everything goes to shit. Right. So well, I, I had to pull the jellyfish. We have the portable one. It has a, a handle on it. So I had, it was just our office that was messed up. So I walked it in the hallway, plugged it into the hallway <laughs> and uh, I edited it in there. You know, like I, I delivered in the hallway. Chris was sitting on next to the server in the hallway on the laptop. <laughs> right right next to the, the women's right bathroom. Right next to the toilet. Everyone <laughs> yeah. was like, who is this? guy <laughs> um no but you know what the funny thing is it wasn't even just our office it was like half of the outlets in our office because it yeah, seemed yeah. like the other half had power yeah so i don't know what was going on either way we had to we couldn't fix it quick so we had to send like everyone home to work remote and then yeah. I, I sat here with the electrician until like 6 30 and then finally i left and then at like 7 30 they texted me like hey finally we got everything done it took seven hours to fix it so that's I, wild i can only imagine that it was like a pretty serious electrical problem yeah i'm yeah. just glad nothing caught on fire i'm glad none no, of our jellyfish, no didn't, I'm glad our jellyfish yeah. didn't short out you know that, yeah that's like the it's, most terrifying idea in the and world. it's not even that bad because we have everything backed up in the cloud as well yeah, of like course. of course we keep all of our shit double backed up but, so. but that's a pain in the ass though to yes like especially if you have things to deliver that week like to download everything yeah. and like start over oh you don't want to do that you never want to do that our, our our guest is over here he you know he wants to chime in i see him eagerly just like wanting to chime in but he hasn't been introduced yet so we can't <laughs> we can't do it um but we'll introduce him in like the next two minutes uh, sounds good okay so we had our networking event yes and our networking event dude i'll tell you okay so i was stressing i was stressing i was like man we're not gonna have a good one um, because this is the first time we charged for it. And yes. I was like, I don't know if this was a mistake that we made because people are going to pay for it and they're going to show up. There's going to be like 15 people. They're going to be like, what the fuck did I pay for? Like, sure. what is this shit? Uh, and so I was freaking out. So like the three days leading up to the event, I just started going everywhere, like asking, can I please post like our event? Like, can I give you a discount code that you can share with people? Some people were really nice and, and allowed us to share it. Some people you know, just, just didn't respond because it wasn't their thing, I guess, yeah. whatever. But uh, the moderator of r slash uh, editors on Reddit, yeah, he responded, guy. he allowed us to post it. And I, I, I don't know, I think Reddit maybe had some sort of pull because the day before the event, we only had 25 RSVPs. Then like the day of the event, it was up to 50 overnight. Yep. So it was amazing. And I will say we have that very moderator here with us today we got jeff greenberg jeff welcome to the show thank you so much uh it's a joy to be here you should know i'm not actually really known like the whole reddit persona is me doing secret market research it's uh -huh. not what i do for a living it's how i stay sane and how i do secrets secret research from what's going on in the field it, it was an accident it, it was an accident it's a great way to stay updated with like where other people are at, you know, yeah. like I feel like I'm always learning about new random software through r slash editors. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely my favorite place to waste time. If I if I have to kill some time during a render, I'll pop on there. My favorite thing about it is answering questions and like helping younger, younger editors. That's right. like my favorite thing to do is just to give people some career advice or help them when they're in like a little business hole or whatever. Um uh, Jeff, we actually met you in person at NAB this year. That was our first time ever going to NAB and we got into you. Mm -hmm. You had like a, I don't know, what was it? Was it your like event technically or were you, what was going on with that? That's a fantastic question. So NAB itself, uh, I mean, 
we're all familiar with it as a trade show. About 2003, I was working for a training group and they approached NEB and said, we could teach so much better than you're doing. And that becomes in 2003, 2004 post-production world. And I've been teaching at NAB now wow. upwards of like 17, 18 years. Typically Damn. my dance card at NAB, the amount of classes I teach somewhere between uh, eight and 15 different classes. Wow. And I'll just give you a short sampling. I did uh, a class on my favorite class this year for me was on practical AI tools in post-production. That's cool. And I'm yeah. not, I'm not talking about background removal, but I can do that. There's some real hidden gems. I'll name three for you. Yeah. Uh, have you guys seen Runway ML? No. No. Runway ML uh, is a bunch of things, but it happens to have the PyTorch libraries that do background removal, but you can set keyframes and you can generate a map that can spit out to your editorial system. Oh, this is Two. really impressive. Wait, 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 so wait, I want to, I want to touch on runway my notes ML are online, here. man. My, I can give you the whole, I can give you the whole deck. Oh dude. You can I, have I, me I, back and I can talk about this. I would, I would. Yeah, of course. Of course. Well, we can like do like automatic well, roto. Last week we were talking AI just in general, like how now AI is having a moment, so to speak, like with Dolly and all that and all the memes recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't even think about this type of automatic roto stuff, but I mean, oh, well, I'm going to drop a bigger one for you. I'm going to yeah, drop a okay. bigger one for you and your audience. All right. Because this is zero dollars, zero dollars. And I'm going to give you a dream. <laughs> and it's a Reddit. It's, it's something we run into Reddit all the time. And somebody goes, hey, I have this piece of music. I'd like to get rid of the singer. That's actually easier. There are a couple methods and audacity and, and the like. But the line is that in the field, you can't unbake a cake. Yep. There is some AI technologies for the last four or five years that can take a piece of music. Let's not say a feature film and remove some. We're talking a single piece of music, your favorite band, and can break it back out into vocals, drums, piano, bass, and other. Wow. So five virtualized stems. The website uh, is called Spleter, S-P-L-E-E-T-E-R. And what you want to do is you want to skip their website. You want to put in Spleter Windows GUI or Spleter Mac GUI. And you'll get a GUI that does this because this is a Python command line. And you give it oh, a piece of music and it spits this out. Now, for the both of you, could mm -hmm. you imagine the next time you have that piece of music you were liking and you go, man, I'd like the drums just to come back a little bit and I want to swell them a little bit later. You run it through this. It's free. It expands your entire audio library. And that's what I started that talk out with. I mean, that's that is pretty amazing. I remember wasn't it like what well, didn't Kanye or someone drop like some sort of album or some songs using like a, a little tool like that? It was like a little circular speaker. It was about this big. And it had like four buttons and each one was a different stem. You remember what I'm oh, talking yeah, about? Yeah, I, I feel know, like I know that was big on TikTok about. like a few months ago. But that type of technology is crazy. We always use with this one. I mean, I don't know, Chris, I don't know what you do, but I use this one thing called vocalremover.org yeah. where like I drop it in. And, but you, this, this you can also use brother, Audition brother, and do like a wait, uh, wait, wait. Center, center channel extract or whatever. Splitter yeah, seems like it's way, way better. Audacity does, does that built in as a choice. You can do it. That center channel thing has been around for 20 years. 
the group online, vocal, whatever, that's charging you money or makes you pay for credits, they're using Spleter. <laughs> so there's like 10 groups out there, remove background. Like when you see most of the AI out there, yeah. most of it is the same libraries. And when you speak to them, and I've spoken to a bunch of these different groups that are like, oh yeah, we're using that, but we're doing some of our own special, special custom stuff. Bull. Most of them are putting a web wrapper around some Python libraries yep. and charging you credits for it. So back to NAB, I did a bunch of talks. I did some on uh, Premiere. I did a huge talk on just general levels of closed captioning. I did some hands-on stuff with Resolve Editing and Resolve Color because I'm colorist in, in one of my day jobs oh. with iColorist.com. A lot of what I do is education. I haven't done in-person education in 24 plus months. And I, I'll, I'll tell you, I still got my chops. I still, I think <laughs> I, um, my numbers were pretty, my numbers were pretty hardcore at NAB this year. They were there. I would tell you, but I'd be bragging. <laughs> the, the whole thing though, is, is I go to that event to professionally connect with people and teach along the way I involved, I said, Hey, Let's meet some people from Reddit. I've been doing that for a bunch of years because mm -hmm. I've been going to NAB. And with uh, we went to, it was the Media Motion Ball, right? I think, I feel like it was called like the Content Creator Party or something like that. that oh, the Content right. Creator Party. You're absolutely right. So they have me as well, host. You know, Jeff, you know, we, we fucked up kind of because this is the first time we ever went. And yep. We thought it started on Saturday. So we got there Friday. Turned out it started Sunday, but we we're leaving Monday. Yeah. So we, we, we really we barely even got to that. go. Yeah. Yeah. So next year, we maybe we'll go like for the week so we can actually go to some of the courses and stuff because it, it sounds fun. So to I'm going to do yeah. I'm going to do you one better. I'll do you one better. One. Uh, next year, when you go, you let me know mm -hmm. and we'll see if we can figure out something for sizzle reel so you guys can attend <laughs> you know okay two two yeah i'll see if i can get somebody to get you a like 1500 or a thousand whatever the pass is so you can give it away on the podcast oh, oh man that would be amazing that would actually be wild yeah. and then just just for giggles um you 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 were talking about that that little you know box uh that jellyfish yep um, Sam Messman's a buddy of mine. I bet you Sam, if Sam hasn't been on your podcast, let me get Sam for you. Yeah. Who, who is that? How, Sam, I would say Sam Messman. Sam Messman was the CEO of, of LumaForge before they got bought by OWC. Oh, oh no, wow. Yeah. Shit. That'd be okay. amazing. That would be oh, wild. I mean, like, I mean, like, you know, the only thing I'm doing here is I'm just, you know, we could. We could call Sam, you know, live during the podcast. I, I think Sam might, you know, it might be, might annoy him if I blindside him. Don't, don't do it. Don't, don't blindside him. I don't know if we're even ready. Like I said, we're hungover today. I don't know. I don't know if we're ready to talk to Sam today, but oh, you, that like would, my energy level, I, I feel for you. I, I have had my share of good New York cocktail stories. My favorite thing in New York for, uh, for drinks is secret speakeasies. Oh, and yeah. There is somewhere in the village. There is a speakeasy above about a sushi bar. Oh, I know. Angel's share. Yeah. 
Right. And the, the, the mixed drinks, they're unbelievable and they speak almost no English. Yeah. Yeah. That place is incredible. I tried to. So we have uh, a bunch of uh, one of our main clients is Intel. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember back in the day before COVID, when there were events here, uh, everyone came to some event and I was like, guys, I'm going to take you to the coolest speakeasy. This is, place is awesome. You're going to love it. We got there and it was like it was closed. And I was like, oh, Jesus. So we ended up pivoting and going to Death and Co. So it was still pretty good, but like I, oh, no. I was just like, man, you know, Angel, I felt like a apparently Angel Share closed in April. Oh, it's gone permanently. Oh no! Well, now it's this, this is the problem with secret bars. Yeah. Secret yeah. bars, they run into this problem of, of oh my God, you know, nobody knows we're here and it's a pandemic. You, you yeah. don't want to keep it too much of a secret, um, Jeff. So you know, speaking on that content creators party, so we went to that and we weren't sure what we were getting into. And just to be totally frank, like we had been, we were already pretty tired that day from walking around the show. Yeah. And we ended up, the only reason we even came back to it was because we'd already left the show and we went to the stratosphere because we wanted to go up there and just see, because none of us had ever been. And on the way back down on the train, we, you know, we had a few beers in us. We were like, yeah, fuck it. We're going by the, by the, um, the venue again. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just pop in, you know? And so I'm so glad we popped in because First of all, it was awesome to meet you in person, but that I think gave us kind of confidence in like throwing events and doing our own sort of mixers and networking events. Absolutely. How how important do you find those to be? And like, have you found them in your career? Like, have they been impactful for you? Sure. So, so number one, I go to any and every networking event I can. Uh, I don't live in a city where any of that happens anymore, but. Just for the record, if I was in New York, I'd go to a minimum of one a month. I'd go to a minimum of one a month because I'd want to encounter and meet people that are outside of my direct sphere, but might lead to me my next work. At very worst, I get to meet some nice new people and have a drink. Exactly. So it's a win for me across the board. As far as what you guys ended up doing, I would have changed one thing. So I ran a mm-hmm. user group. Um, my I knew the guy who ran the Final Cut user group in the knots. I ran from 2000 to 2010 the Philadelphia Final Cut Pro user group. Uh, and the only reason it stopped is I got married and moved 90 minutes away and I have children. And mm-hmm. that suddenly destroys your ability to like go, let's just go get hammered one night <laughs> this month. It destroys, destroys that, that doesn't destroy the desire, destroys the ability. <laughs> um, but I'll tell you the change I would make because I saw... Or did you did you announce like what the pricing was on it? Yeah. So basically, so uh, we were trying to basically I valued it highly. So I put the price at eighty dollars, but we also distributed a ton of codes. So no one paid more than thirty dollars really to get yeah. in um, unless they found it randomly. And, and in which case, we actually did have a couple of people who paid eighty dollars. And that's why I was like, so no, we have to I, give them all the food I, and drinks we can because. You know. Right. I'd recommend that you uh, the food's nice. It could be like pizzas, eventually, if you guys get a decent following, you look for somebody to sponsor the yeah. drinks or the food. But I'd make it like 10 bucks and two drink tickets and you can buy more, you know, you can buy extra drink tickets now if you want in advance because drinks are normally six bucks or eight bucks. Under the idea that you need a price to get people to show they're serious. Yeah. One of the biggest struggles when you do an online webinar, whether you do an in-person event in New York, when you make something free, people don't commit. They go, yeah, I want to do it, right? But, oh, I've got, 
you know, I've got, oh, I got to stay late at work or, you know, man, I'm kind of tired. You spend $5, $10. You'll show because you'll go. My son costs, man, I've spent five bucks. I got to go. Ten yep. Bucks. Well, yep. I don't. You, right? you know, that's that's kind of what happened with this one. At least I found our last two. We made them open and free for everyone. And so to put it into perspective for the last one, I think we had one hundred and eighty RSVPs. But then, of course, only like 60 people showed up. Exactly. For this one, we had 50 RSVPs. And I think about 60 people showed up. And so, I, I think the people who did RSVP this time around were like, much more serious about the networking aspect. Yeah. I think the first couple ones, it, it kind of felt more like a party than a networking event in some ways. Yeah. Uh, but this one felt like it attracted, you know, the right kind of people that, that were looking to get to these, these events. It's also hilarious because it's a bunch of nerds. So it's so <laughs> funny to watch them like from afar, you just see them cluster up in their little nerd groups and you're like these motherfuckers. <laughs> but, well, you know, I, I, I cluster in the nerd groups sometimes. I, I, <laughs> I teach a banging class on compression. I do the <laughs> seriously. I can change your life about compression. The, the, the hardest thing about social is people find themselves out of their comfort zones. Yep. At you, you guys saw me at what I would consider, you know, hyper speed at this cre content creators party at NAB. Uh, I run an event called the Editor's Retreat. I run a couple, I'm, I'm involved with a couple other events. My general thing is over a two or three hour period, did I freeze? Oh, I'm good. Over a two, <laughs> three hour period, what I would generally recommend is you go, okay, we got a little bit of agenda, a little bit of a rundown. We want to talk to you a little bit. And every 30 minutes, 45 minutes, we're going to ring a bell. We'd like you to introduce yourself to at least one new person. That's just smart. to get people that is really smart. To, to interact. And then we're going to give away something at the end. Uh, we're going to give away yeah. something and you got to be present because we want you to hang out. We want you to have a great time, but you set it up about a half hour to an hour before the event closes. That way people who are really enjoying themselves can hang out and get home. And those who are like, Christ, I got to get home to the family can get out of that, can get out of Dodge. Um, Offline, guys, I'm happy to, to give you more yeah. thoughts on this. I ran a group for a decade. The one thing I will tell you is the networking event you're running, if you guys stop doing it, nobody will pick it up. It's your thing. It's your passion. It's your desire. Mm -hmm. People will come around because of it. When you guys stop being interested, it becomes harder for it to, to exist. Yep. Make sure, though, you get everybody to sign up on a mailing list. Um, don't do it on Facebook because you'll never I, get the names out, out of Facebook. I think and, uh, I, I think that yeah. we get to collect their emails from the Eventbrite page. So we mm -hmm. have that. You do. Yeah, you totally do. But it's I don't um, know. It's it, it's it's all that's all really useful advice. I mean, I feel like we have a lot to learn in it because honestly, yeah, we just kind of started we, doing it on a whim. Yeah, we of. just wanted to basically have fun with our friends. <laughs> well, I, I mean, like I I all the time when I run into somebody who goes, oh, there's no networking near me. I go, what's start stopping you from starting that? Yeah. What's stopping you from going somewhere and going, hey, this third Friday, we're going to go and do a reddit or facebook if you're in my city come i would love to meet you and hang out and it's amazing how these things blossom and grow mm -hmm. yeah. but you got you know you have to say to people yeah i want you to put a dollar in this paypal account that's going to go to covid victims or the right. homeless so there's a sunk cost to get you to show up and it becomes donating to a good cause you'd yep. you know, hook a couple of those things together it's it's fantastic 
Hey, I mean, it makes sense. I hope that we can keep uh, keep doing it. Um, Look, before we get to this break, Jeff, I actually just want real quick. Can you give us like in a nutshell kind of what your what your career has been like, like where you started and uh, how, where you are today, how you got there? Sure. Uh, let's see if I can do this inside of 60 seconds. <laughs> I I once upon a time was a fitness trainer. I realized I hadn't I failed out of school. I go back to school thinking I'm taking going to medicine and I take a film class and I get into the field. I was working as an editor and I was a little older. So instead of interning, I went out and couch surfed in L.A. back when Avid was super crazy huge. AvidEditor.com was a thing. And I was finding professional work and I had to come back and finish undergrad at Penn State. I'm a Penn Stater. And I start working in the field. I have a parent get ill. We weren't sure with what. Early 2000s. And I moved back to Philly. I interviewed with a group to teach because I wanted to go home at six o'clock. Mm-hmm. I'm still taking a little bit of piecemeal side work, but I wanted to go home at six o'clock. And this group said, you're hired. And I worked with them for a decade. In the New York area, the group is called Future Media Concepts. Uh, they're the group that put on the conference. I was the first person they encountered who knew Avid, but also knew Final Cut and knew some Photoshop and some other stuff and passed all the stupid certification tests. And the certification <laughs> tests are stupid, but if you're trying to compete for, for a corporate job, it's nice to have on the wall. It makes your manager who doesn't know what you do mm. feel like you've passed a test. Mm-hmm. And each year I've learned and started teaching something new with the one rule, I have to take professional money to use that tool before I'm allowed to teach it. Gotcha. That's it's the a, rule. It's a good way to do it. That's the rule. So like I have, a, I have two licenses of Pro Tools. I can't teach Pro Tools to save my life <laughs> because I've never taken money to work with Pro Tools. I can say I've taken money to work with Audition. I've done a lot of color work up and down. Remember Apple Color? Maybe you don't. Mm-hmm. But I've worked with all those tools and What I do nowadays is I, and this is what the crux of my business, I am a editor, colorist, educator, author. And my whole Reddit thing keeps me fresh in the field, both with perspectives, both with tools, both with where things go. I'm the lead moderator of editors, our Mm -hmm. editors. Mm -hmm. Uh, When I came along, there was so much of the hobby side that I started moderating our video editing just to help pull that apart. Yeah. And I also run, I'm the only active mod on our colorists. Oh, wow. So that probably takes up a lot of your time between all of those things. Uh, It's under, it's under 45 minutes a day. It's under 45 minutes an hour a day. And a lot of it is me being an old man up in the middle of the night, having to take a leak (laughs) and going, delete this, delete this. And, (laughs) <laughs> I give myself like 30 minutes or so a day of like writing and responding to other people's stuff. Well, I mean, you're, awesome. you're crushing it and it's amazing. It's a really great resource, especially it being split between like hobbyists and professionals um, because the it, it's a, it's a really important uh, distinction to make because if, if it gets murky, yeah. then it, the, I mean, it loses all like use. I basically. hang like I, I am subscribed to video editing and to like Premiere and the the 
level of questions that get asked there are just like they're very basic and it's i'm glad that stuff isn't cluttering up editors where there's a lot of actual high level professional discussions going on um and actually the most important thing chris the most important thing is there's a side section called ask anything Mm -hmm. and for the people trying to break in the people trying to approach this stuff i wanted them to have a catch-all so we were exclusively inclusive it's totally cool for you to be in the field. It's totally cool for you to be aspiring, but we really try and trim the conversation to being at the professional level. Yep. But we don't want to be not friendly because we were all up and coming at some point. Exactly. Um, yeah. One of my favorite things is like, so it, it, I kind of started it as like a kind of guerrilla marketing tactic was making a sizzle reel gang account on Reddit and going into editors and just answering questions and like trying to talk to people and, and engage. And uh, I don't know, I feel like, you know, it went from guerrilla marketing to something I actually enjoy doing. Like I try to make it a thing of mind at least once a week, go in and answer a couple questions like yep. or to the best of my ability, at least. You well, know and there, I mean? there's like the weekly career advice thread, right? Yeah, yeah. S- stuff like that. Um. So it, it's 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 a day to day part of our life. I yeah. mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I imagine oh, that I'm like, on there every day. Yeah. yeah. So um, look, let's do this. Let's take this quick break. And then when we get back, we're going to dive right into our slash editors. We're going to crash the boards. We're each going to find a topic that we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. We'll get into it and uh, hopefully we'll come up with some cool insights. We'll be right back. Welcome to Rounds of Sound, the podcast where we go song for song with indie artists to find out their influences and the stories behind their songs. I'm here with Hannah Jadagu. The way I recorded my first couple of songs was all through my iPhone. We have Victoria Park. I was on Twitter as I am and it's like, hey, are there like any labels who follow me who might be interested? The one and only Liam Kazar. Yeah, here's what I'll say: You got to walk all your gear up and fly the stairs. Okay, yeah, that's, that's never that's, fun. That's, that's no fun. Check out Rounds of Sound exclusively on Spotify and find out the influences behind your favorite artists. That's Rounds of Sound. Welcome back, Sizzlers. We are here with Jeff Greenberg, aka Greenies Mac, on Reddit, and you know we we do this segment. Probably like once every couple months. We yeah. call it crashing the boards. Crash the boards. Whenever, you know, we have a guest on. And this one's extra special because the boards we're crashing are the boards that Jeff moderates. <laughs> yeah, they're Jeff's boards. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm I'm gonna kick it off. Um and the the posts that I'm interested in, it's titled Can't Edit Around Noisy Coworkers by user Anna Sophia Six. Uh and they say can't focus on editing around noisy coworkers. I started editing four months ago and the workplace was calm, but a month ago we received some interns who spend all their time talking with my coworker about non-work related issues. Do you need silence while editing or can you work while people are having heated conversations right next to you? Uh, and you know, they go on for a little bit, but I think that's, you know, that's basically the gist of it. The gist of it. Well, what do you think? You got an answer for it? Yeah. So for me, it's interesting. Uh, I learned how to edit 
like professionally in a newsroom uh, where everyone, you know, we're in a bullpen, the entire, like all the producers, all the editors, everyone works in the same giant room and they're all yelling at each other constantly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's breaking news situations. Things change last second all the time and the edit needs to reflect that. So, I mean, the fastest way to communicate is to shout at each other. Right. Uh, So I kind of got used to editing in those kind of environments. We like, I literally didn't even wear headphones sometimes because it didn't make sense to. Um, And, you know, I, but now as like, now that I'm doing more like corporate videos and like commercial work, I, I I don't know. We, we have a pretty small area, but we'll have like four editors in the same room at the same time. I think it just depends on how like, how complicated the shit you're doing is like if you're working on something that you need to really be zoned in and hyper focused on it's pretty annoying when people are talking around you mm-hmm. i'll give you an example from okay so i used to freelance at complex a lot and luckily um all the the post department there's fucking amazing and they treated me so nicely they would give me my own suite to edit in and i was like this is fucking sick yeah but then there were random times when i would get called in and it would kind of be a last minute thing and all the suites were booked. So I'd have to sit out in the bullpen and in the bullpen, that's where shit was different. I literally couldn't get a damn thing done. Mm-hmm. And, and I would tell the the post super, I'd be like, yo, look, I'm sorry, but, you know, it's going to I'm not going to be as far on this at the end of the day as I normally would, because like there's so much shit going on. People yep. are talking around me. Uh you, our boy Cheen is yeah. blasting music. Yeah, playing music Cheen, out loud. Yeah, Cheen would literally just because he worked in graphics. He was a graphics guy, Jeff. So he would just like be doing stuff that didn't involve any sound, and he would be blasting music for the everyone in the bullpen to hear. And eventually, got to the point where like there was like a butting of heads, and people were like, "Yo, can you tell him to turn it off?" And they were like, "Well, technically, it's not really disturbing anyone, so we can ask him to turn it down a little bit." But and I was like, "Come on, guys! Yeah, you, you got to ask him to turn it off. Like, music is the next level." Yeah, he, he can put headphones on. I don't know. What about you, Jeff? Um, you, you, you okay, struggle? so there's there's a lot of like this. This is a train wreck. This is a train wreck. <laughs> okay, it's the only. I can't be nice about it. Um. There's no sort of work that's enhanced by having people have a conversation behind me. Now, I'm not saying what we do is akin to surgery, although sometimes it is. Mm -hmm. But there's (laughs) a reason why. Right. We are making cuts. Nobody's dying. Okay, (laughs) maybe maybe our career, maybe our soul, but not human beings. (laughs) Right. So one. When I talk to and I've worked, I I do a lot of work where they say, could you come in and up the skill level? Can you up the level of our department? And I can usually shave six months to a year off of any editor's journey in using these tools. Mm -hmm. Um, When we get finished, before we're done, when we get to the what you've learned section, Uh remind me and I'll throw at least one premier tip you guys have never heard of and I'll try and rock you on your socks. Okay. Okay. But this poor person, this Poor bastard. I don't know if it's a boy or a girl, if parents were married or not, is in a loud room trying to focus on sound. Mm-hmm. And it just doesn't, it's just never going to happen. It takes for creative work 20 to 30 minutes to get engaged without just without any distraction. And that's why editors have suites. And I get the idea that, well, I want to see where everybody's doing. When you've worked, Alexei, in places that it's Everybody in post, at the very least, they're all doing their own work together 
yeah. in their little cubicles with headphones. Chris, when you were working in news, I don't want to, I've taught a lot of news editing. Yep. Most of news editing is three to five on, on camera sound bites, yeah. three to five uh, quotes from somebody on location, some VO and B-roll. I'm not saying it's not valuable. I'm not saying it's, it's super easy. Hemingway becomes Ernest Hemingway because he wrote for this, uh, during the Spanish American war, he wrote like 1500 words every day. I think Chris, the fact that you worked in news and you learned how to cut quickly makes you crazy valuable as an editor. Chris is the Hemingway of of post-production. That's (laughs) what we always say is the Hemingway of the office. There's so many five-toed cats walking around his desk. It's crazy. (laughs) Just, just Chris, try not to be as misogynistic and don't blow your head off with shotgun is all I ask. (laughs) He comes in stinking of rum every day. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with that. Okay. You get the work done, right? Functional alcoholism is what you're doing right now. So, so in dead seriousness though, being able to work quickly and efficiently under duress is great. I've worked with combat camera guys. Phenomenal. But the longer the work gets, the more complex it is, the more important it is that you have some level of thinking space. Yep. And in fact, I'll even argue if you can't, if you never get bored, you're never really opening up your creativity. You have to get bored for your creative mind to get engaged. So with that being said, this poor person is in a noisy environment, frustrated with the interns. It's not their fault. It's management's fault. And clearly states that the guy who owns it doesn't understand what anybody does. And I'm like, maybe it's time to find a new job. Absolutely. I I was was also going to comment on that, that like it's, of all the people, it's interns. So, I mean, really, if you know, I have a, a short fuse when it comes to that kind of shit, because if that was me, I would just take my headphones off and be like, guys, can you shut the fuck up, please? I'm trying to work. <laughs> like, if you're going to talk and laugh, go somewhere else, because, like, I'm working on shit right now. But whatever. I mean, that's also probably a very, uh, like, bull in a china shop way type, uh, type of way. But the interns need whoever hired them right. to provide a little professional guidance. And Absolutely. this is the, 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 the I see this like freakishly too often where I go into a place and people are annoyed because the interns don't know what they're doing or don't know enough about the tech and they're not instructed. They're not given that sort of compassionate patience that Mm. turns them into better at what they do. They're just like, yeah, man, he's not following, you know, sheet number 20. He's not filing his TPS reports. (laughs) And I just like lose it a little bit inside because all it would be better in every internship if they were responsible to a particular med- mentor. Maybe maybe we should rename them Padwans and let the Jedi, the Jedi. in any I mean, given also place a, a, give a, them apprent- Apprentices, kind of, though. You know what I mean? It's a similar idea. I don't know. I We have we have an intern. We actually have our, our first ever intern. We got her to start, what, like three months ago? Yeah. And she's actually... She was supposed to end next week, but she's so good, she's going to stay on and just keep working with us. Um but we're, we're going to, that's gonna, the function of internships. Yeah. We're going to have, you're not, I said, we're going to have her on the pod at some point and we'll yeah. talk to her about how she likes her internship. That'll sure. be a use. That'll be a valuable one. I think to, yeah. to put out, you know, and it'll be good for us. I, I think too. it's huge. Mm-hmm. I, I think the question to ask her is what made you a successful intern? And if it doesn't start with when I was given instructions, I took out a piece of paper and wrote down what those, what those things were. 
like that when I, I sit back and I've worked with people and I'm giving them like a list of things that need to get done and they're not taking notes. I'm like, you're never going to remember this, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to be very good to remember because I used to be that guy like because I, I, I used to work on a tech events uh, doing photo editing and the photos would come back and the photographer would tell me these things. I would look at him and be like, yeah, got it. Got it. Got it. He was like, you're really going to remember all this? I was like, yeah. And then like, in an, I'd turn my shit around real quick and he'd be like, damn, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> the thing is he had to learn to trust you. Yes. That first yes. day, the first week of an internship, they got to write that shit down. It's true. Now I just want to see if they want, they don't want to afterwards, different story. Yeah. With, with our intern, like to me, the way that I, I know I'm getting way off topic, but the way That's that fine. I judge success is like, I want her to feel confident to ask us any questions that she has. And I want her to, cause the role is technically a content creator intern, right? So she's, in charge of creating any content that she wants that helps us promote the company. So to put on social, to put on whatever, TikTok, anywhere. And I was like, look, everything that you see in here, every program we have, everything you want, do it. Just like ask me, pitch, pitch to me what you want to do. And I'm probably going to approve it. I'll probably maybe tweak it and give you some more pointers, but I want you to grow and develop and like follow your creative brain. You exactly. know, like that's what it's about. It's not like a, technical functional position it's like i this is more of a creative growth position you know in my opinion but that's so. that's the struggle with he's got these interns who are behind him or her yeah who have enough free time that they're having a discussion or a discussion with somebody there they might be super social super nice people but for the guy in the chair he's sitting back and he's like my boss is going to judge my work on how much I get done or what mm -hmm. I get done or how good it is. And I'm being thrown off the rails on a daily basis and there is no escape. Um, all right. I'm going to jump into my second one because I feel like or into the second one, because sure. I feel like we're we, we, we beat we're, the horse. We beat the horse. To death. Yeah, we, cool. beat, we beat that horse. And uh, I feel like between the three of us, we could literally just talk for like fucking three hours easily um, all right so uh my pick for crashing the boards this time around comes from a user named scream cheesy uh and they wrote um the title of the post is should i leave my agency position they really went in depth here so i'm not going to read the whole thing but in a nutshell the person has been working at a mid-sized ad agency for four years. They really liked their job when they started. Uh, they came into the position as an assistant. Then they became an associate. Now they're a senior associate. Well, I don't even know if that, that doesn't make any sense. But they're a senior associate editor and animator. Either way, they really loved their job when they started. Now, four years down the road, they're feeling bored. And they feel like they're just doing busy work. And they really want to kind of grow. So they've taken on learning Cinema 4D and stuff. Their question is, is it time to leave that gig and like go freelance and try to take on motion work? Mm -hmm. um, what do you what do you guys think? I'll let Jeff, I'll let you kick it off. What do you think about that? I think and we'll have to come back to why I can say this so quickly. I think 100 percent needs to pick up some side freelance clients and start to look for an exit strategy for professional, for money, for all those reasons, needs to be ready to start moving on and figure out what the next step is. Yeah. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I pretty much agree. As soon as I heard that, like, I, you know, I'm bored, you know, that's that's when once you get bored, you're like at, at your job, you're probably not going to grow too much creatively at that specific job. And it's probably time to take on new challenges. I mean, that's that's how I left news. I was yeah. tired. Of, like it wasn't 
fulfilling to me so i just quit one day i didn't even have like a good exit strategy i just like i just kind of quit because i couldn't take it anymore and like you know I, I knew i had skills that would translate into you know different parts of the same industry so i, I pursued that and uh i yeah i think the thing Chris, is you were burnt out though you were oh, burnt yeah. out the fact that 100%. you walked out the door that fast this person is has done everything possible with this job and this is the hardest part He's getting some decent pay, you know, mm -hmm. okay for New York. Yeah, it's, I think it's like 80K with benefits. Yeah. The only, that, that job though, sees him topped out. They're never going to pay him more than this. Yeah. He's never going to get more responsibility, more anything. So the only direction he can now go is somewhere else. And he can start with freelance to learn the mistakes about contracts and all that. But he's got to start taking on some new stuff. It'll also expand his network. Both things are necessary for him to find the next best thing for him to do. See, I th okay, so I think that like I think you guys are right, but I think there's another avenue that he can go down, and that's like it. It all depends on his relationship with that company, and if he really loves being there, and if he like has higher ups who he considers mentors, or if he has people he's comfortable talking to in higher roles. I think the next step could be like, hey. Um, guys like just being just being transparent with them hey i'm i'm actually starting to feel kind of bored um and i would like to take on like i would like to take on more more projects like is there anything that i can do or is mm -hmm. there another role that i can maybe try to shift into or start learning so i can like you know contribute to the company because who knows i mean maybe he wants to stick around maybe they want that stability personally for me i I yeah. never want to work. For, I mean, like, we have some friends who, who have stayed at the same place for years now. And like, you know, we'll, we'll hire them for some some freelance side work. But ultimately, they want to stick at that job for exactly that. The stability. Yeah. I mean, like, our you know, frequent a uh, frequent contributor to the show, Joe Nana. Every time. I mean, he's stayed. He's been in that job for with that company, at least. I don't know what they're called, but he's been there for a long time. It's like corporate kind of like car videos mm -hmm. or car ads or yeah. something like that for like for the southeast for the region, southeast, like third tier. So it's like stuff that goes on Facebook and shit like that. But every time he has a complaint or like he feels like he's like at the end of his rope, he basically takes that complaint to the, the boss and is like, hey, look, I'm really valuable and I'm thinking about leaving. And uh I don't know how you're going to replace me. And so then he ends up getting a raise every single fucking time. And it's just like, damn. Yeah, that, I've, I've, I've worked for towards 30 years for independent businesses, for small business. I've never had that big, you know, Adobe job or mm -hmm. uh, major league baseball or, or hockey. Yeah, I've, I've worked for those groups, but I've never worked for them with their email at my name with those sort of benefits, which might be right. nice. The hardest thing about those sort of gigs is if you can get lulled into a level of complacency yeah. because you're, you're, things are always easy, you know, and, and it's great for a job to value you. The struggle is, as I've seen it happen a thousand times, New management comes in, they change the way things work, and now you're stuck where you're desperate to get out of this spot and you don't have the network, which again is why I'm saying like this person needs to start doing some freelance gigs, even though I'm looking at their gig, their job and going, man, never to come in on a weekend? Yeah. 40 hour a week? Like like that, that that's like crazy talk. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's true. Uh, yeah. This person seems to be in a really great spot because if they can, I mean, yes, the top comment here, someone says you have the best of both worlds. Use the paid downtime as time to start developing freelance clients. And to me, I, I take that a step further, following your passions. Cause yep. even like, okay, yep. fine. Like say you're sitting around at, cause he, I think this person's remote. Say you're sitting around at home all day and you're not getting anything to do. Well, shit, man, that's you can be writing, recording music. You can be painting. You can fucking be exercising. You can go. You can even maybe, you know, if if you stay close enough to your house, you can go out and like hang out a coffee shop or go sure. to the park or whatever, you know. So who knows? Maybe they're in a, in a cool spot right now. You know, shout out to Scream Cheesy for that. That's that's Scream a che- Scream Cheesy's in a good spot right now. <laughs> um, not certainly not a bad spot. You know, the one thing before I go to to mine. Yes, sure. Uh, my friend, AV Guru One, that's Michael Thomas. He and I, the reason both of these I have hot takes on at the moment, <laughs> we just about an hour ago did a pilot recording of literally just him and I going back and forth, just about five or six Reddit stories that we felt were salient. We're thinking of doing this on a weekly basis and we'll see. Um, my thing that I'm going to ask for the two of you. Sure. Okay. I'll send you an episode. You give me feedback and tell me what I'm screwing up. I sure. think feedback loops are, are helpful for creativity. He and I both had like the same comment, which was we spent too long on a topic, which we're doing now. Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. But the, the whole thing we're trying to do is provide a little bit higher level of interaction beyond just Reddit's infinite scrolling list right speaking of which can i can i go to mine go for it yeah please so the one i picked uh is by n8 the great 91 just refused to do a test edit for the first time and the short version of it is i've been editing for now for 15 years i applied to a specific company in march the freelance begin to pick up i've been in a nonstop role i felt comfortable with my skills and knowledge and they asked him for a test edit. And he sends a really bet- nice note. I'm flattered. Perhaps we could discuss contracting me out for a week. I'm waiting to see how they'll respond. You know, I didn't check to see. This is two weeks ago. I didn't check to see if he came back and said they told him yes or no. Yeah. How do you two feel about test edits? Chris, I'll let you go first. Uh, you know, so I've personally i have never really been asked to do a test edit i think i did a test edit to move up to a specific editing position at the the news station i worked at and that didn't bother me because they like i was being paid for my time either way because i did it while i was working uh but i i kind of take that same exact approach that uh nate the great did where sure i'll i'll do a test edit for you but you have to pay me for for my time because so Alexi and I we've we haven't really had to do test edits uh, for companies but we do mm-hmm. you know have to spend time preparing decks and like yeah do uh, sometimes we we pitch ideas and stuff like that yeah. and we like for the most part we don't get paid for those like we don't ask for payment because we're getting to do something creative and kind of fun for us but we've also struck out with a few of them and we're kind of at the point where the next time someone asks us to pitch stuff that they're gonna they're probably gonna have to pay for it yeah the thing is i don't even know if they would probably not you know what i mean like i think that you have to do like some of that early stage development shit kind of pro bono and let them know that you really 
are interested. Yeah. Well, and it also depends on like where you are in your career. Like if the, this person has been editing for 15 years, obviously they know what they're doing, but yeah, true. maybe, maybe someone just breaking into the industry, you know, maybe so, sometimes you have to work for free, unfortunately, like we've I, all had to do it at some well, point. Well, I don't, I, there's, so there are two, two very disparate things here. Let's talk about the person who's doing this and is trying to break into this field. Mm-hmm. My biggest frustration when I see somebody going, hey, can you come and do a test edit? Is they're essentially mining them for ideas. Hey, great. We'll True. have this kid work it. We'll, you know the line, I don't know what I like, but I know it when I see it. Ugh. So I'll have him, I'll have oh, you, junior guy, who's unhireable at the moment, do the edit. I'll then know what I like and don't like. And then I'll tell somebody else and I can do it faster and cheaper because I have your example, good or bad. Yep. My one thing when I see it pop up on Reddit, watermark the shit out of it. Just a gigantic True. watermark on the screen, just burned in a little bit. Don't let them mask it. Just something to go. If you like this, I'll take the watermark off yep. for my day rate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. There's a, there's a second part of it, which is if you're a professional and you're doing this and you've been working like five or 10 years and you have a reel and you have clients who will vouch for you, just hire me for a day, man. Yep. You'll know in a day. And that's your investment, just like it's my investment to choose and give you freelance time. And at the end of the day, what I'm doing or a half day isn't what you're looking for. You pay me the money and you go, shit, that's just a business loss. Yep. I'll say at our company, like we don't ever make anyone do any test edits. And we've had our fair share of freelancers who have come and worked like a day and it just maybe hasn't been a good fit, but like they still get paid for the day. Yeah, like I'm not, we're not going to like be like, oh, yeah, it's, you're just not good enough. It's like, no, dude, your time was used. You yeah. came here and you did your best, hopefully, and whatever, you're going to get paid. Well, and you know? when we're hiring a freelancer, you know, if if we can't get an idea of their skill set and their style from their reel and their portfolio, then like, yeah, we're probably not going to hire you. Like, we right. don't need to make you do more work. Like, your yeah. work should speak for itself. I, I had to do not had to, but I had an opportunity one time to do one, and it was like when I was I had just moved to New York, um, and it was for GoPro who are in San Francisco, so. That was a weird time because when I moved to New York, I somehow gotten like two job offers right after I moved that were in San Francisco. And I was like, uh, <laughs> no, I just moved here. I'm like, I'm not leaving again. Uh, but for the GoPro one, I remember like applying, going through an interview, going through another thing, going through another thing. Then they were like, OK, great. We're like, we, we really like you. Um, we're just going to have you do a test edit. And I was like, what? <laughs> and then they were like, yeah, like, you know, here's all the footage. And if you could have it back to us by like Thursday or whatever. And I was like. No promises, guys, but uh, I'll try if I got time. And uh, I mean, it's goddamn then, GoPro. If they yeah. couldn't go like, hey, here's 500 bucks. Right. And we, so we want to respect your time. Like they, or here's a camera here. Here's, yeah. here's a GoPro eight. Yeah. So they just sent me a bunch of footage and I like looked through it and then I was like, it's cool. And uh, <laughs> I used one shot in my reel at some point, but I never sent them a test at it. Like they were like, hey, just checking in. I was like, ah, yeah, I didn't do it. Like, I, <laughs> I just I didn't do it Like, because I, I didn't have time to do it. Like you guys didn't pay me. So yeah. I don't, like, how are you going to expect me to do it? You know, so didn't get the job. I, I've been on I've been to their headquarters. I've done some work for them. Uh, I, again, if they're an established group, this is pocket 
change. Yeah, yeah. And I, look, I'm not I'm not blaming them or anything. I think it was just it just a weird thing. I probably applied for a role that was super junior. And at the time, like they probably didn't believe in my, you know, my portfolio, which is fine. I, I get it. It's yeah. just that the point is. I didn't do the fucking thing. <laughs> like I said, if I if I'll get to it if I can. I, I did they, get, did I they make you it. download it? Did they make you download it? Or did they send you a drive. They sent a link to download it, and oh. I, I I downloaded it and I looked. It there really wasn't that much. It was like guys mountain biking or some shit, and I was like, this is cool. Uh, I mean, that's, where's the piece of music? Where's the piece of music you guys have? Okay, because I know that's what I'm going to do. Is it's just going to be. Cool shot after cool shot against music. There yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. A couple cool transitions. Yeah. Slap. I, uh, upload. That's, that's I was not just, rocket science. I, I just, yeah. So I, I just didn't do it. It just, you know, it felt bad. Like if, if, if a project feels bad from the get go, just don't, yeah, don't do it. It's probably not going to be fun. You know what I mean? I think we've talked about that on the show a fucking zillion times where like red flags come up and you kind of just plow right through them. And then at the end, you're like, damn, why did I not listen yeah, to myself? Sure, but the thing better. is. The thing is, on instincts, you trust your instincts. And if you're wrong, act on your instincts. If you're wrong, you get new set of instincts that go, don't do that again. Yeah. But if you don't trust your instincts, you go the entire time. I should have listened to myself. Um, look, you got to have you got to have the instincts. That's what makes a good editor. And for this person, 15 years in like. Don't you don't need to do the fucking test. Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. that's what it comes down to. So shout out to them for turning it down. I don't remember what are the name? Nate the Great. Shout out Nate the Great for uh, for turning that down. Um this was uh probably the the to me the coolest crashing the boards we've ever done. It's oh, almost yeah. like we it's almost like we like shot the moon in a way. We like <laughs> we, we we like did the craziest thing. We got the the guy from the boards to crash the boards. You're it's you're nice. really you're really kind uh uh you, you can talk bullshit about me next time. <laughs> hey, <laughs> never. I don't care, but I'll do this again. You know, if you guys want the, the thing that I think is addictive about Reddit is there's so much content that the feed keeps scrolling yep. that you check in tomorrow and there's a whole new set of addictions there, whether we like it or not. Yeah. That's what made myself and uh, Michael Thomas, the AV guru one, try and put this together. I don't have a name for it. We're trying to do something a little bit different with it, which is we're trying to run it as a podcast but at the same time, do it as a interactive video and do it live on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. Push it after the fact. That that actually would be really cool. So to like maybe, yeah, like live stream it and then let it. Pop. Yeah, that's that's really smart. That's one thing that we've gotten a lot of people have been like have told us about this show is like you need to add a video component. You need to add a video component. It's like, yeah, I know we technically need to, but yeah, so much more fucking work. <laughs> We're talking about video, not on video. <laughs> like, yeah, but you know, but you know what I mean, right? Like yeah. when we, when we prep for this show, like we literally come into the room, we sit there for 10 minutes on our computers, write a rundown and then we just do it. Yeah. And then, it's mostly just us talking to each other about the week. <laughs> literally it goes from zero to fucking queued up and ready to post like scheduled in two hours. Yeah. It's, and it's, now we did, uh, wait. We wait till you come to me for what? What did you learn last week? Wait, wait till you come to me for that. <laughs> we and we did do a podcast. Uh, Alexi and I weren't on it, but uh, we produced it for a friend. Yeah. Um, and that had a video element in the first season, and it turned out to just be so much extra work that for the second season we killed the the video component yeah. of it. Well, and also like I, I'm not this kind of person. I don't really get shy on camera, but I, I feel like the camera can also fuck up a lot of people's performance, mm -hmm. where they'll be like kind of kind of spooked you know what i mean i guess with remote shit the webcam's not so intimidating webcam's not too bad but whatever look let's get into everyone's favorite segment it's called what we learned last week what we learned 
last week. All right, Chris, why don't you kick us off? <laughs> All right, so... You have a crazy one. <laughs> yeah, as you know, on what we learned last week, it does not have to be uh, post-production related, and mine is certainly not. So I went to New Orleans for the first time last week, and I learned about their above-ground graves. <laughs> now, I, kn- I, I knew that those existed, but I didn't know this part, and it's, it's a little morbid, but it's just crazy to me. So... Because like when a body goes in, it only stays there for one year and one day because it gets so hot and humid in New Orleans that the sun bakes them down into like basically nothing. So within a year another body goes in like they just get reused and reused should but there, you have, have to own a, the plot like the family has to own the plot should but there have been like a trigger warning on this section uh, whatever that's that's that you, only, na- you only need to own one plot though it's yeah. not a big deal is it, is, is it natural cremation basically it, it basically is yeah it's, it's like a wild. long form of cremation that's insane you know we should have john rosebro to talk about that john rosebro oh, yeah. used to be a, a, a mortician I yep think. um didn't, look, for, didn't, didn't they uh didn't they do this in egypt like for a whole bunch of years They probably did. I think that that was aliens. Um, (laughs) Look, uh, I'm going to get to mine. I I was between two of them. Uh, Omakase or UK rates? Which one do you want to hear? Oh, man. I want... I, omakase. Omakase. Yeah. I'll tell you UK rates. It's the UK rates suck. Um, (laughs) Omakase. Uh, Omakase. So I, uh, I've learned that you need to when you're going to dinner with the friends and you want to like surprise them and take them to a, a nice dinner you you kind of have to like ask them about what food they like you can't just take them to something you like sure uh, i had a friend in town and i was like he was like we should go get some ramen and i was he's like i got an hour and a half free two hours free like let's get some ramen i was like i don't really like ramen but how about omakase and I, he just didn't know the word and so he was like, yeah, sure, whatever. And I was like, great. Like, it's on me. I'm going to get us. I'm going to find a nice place. We'll go. It's going to be fucking amazing. Uh, omakase, obviously, sushi tasting menu, right? Um, we get there and he's like, wow, this place is really cool. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good. He's like, so wait, is this sushi? And I was like, yeah, <laughs> after the first plate comes out and uh, it, he doesn't like sushi. Oh, so, no. so basically, uh, I ate everything, but he <laughs> he did his best. He he struggled through it. And I was like, Dan, I appreciate you even going for it. Like you got to do the experience, but he, he would take like half a bite of the sushi and then put it down and kind of like take some of the fish out of his mouth and stuff. And he apologized to the chef. He was like, I'm sorry. I just like, I, I'm not a sushi guy, but the artwork is incredible. But, oh man. So yeah, check uh, what I learned is check the person's diet before you surprise them with dinner. <laughs> I feel like that's something you should have learned earlier. In I know. Life. Thir- 32 years and then I finally got it. I finally picked it up. If it makes you feel better, uh, I don't care for sushi and I verified that. Trust but verify. I've done it a bunch of times in the States and not liked it. And then I was in Tokyo not liking it. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure at this point, it's just it's not never going to sink in with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. I I have a, what did you learn last week? That's, uh, by the way, next week, it'll be splitter. Trust me. When you guys like, It'll yeah, when we, when we really dig into it. Yeah, you have it's there's not a lot to dig into, but it's crazy. Um, I I've had a Wirecast license, so here's Wirecast is what I learned last week heavily. Wirecast is basically using your computer to act as a switcher, so you can oh. bring in different sources. You can record directly locally. You can record ISOs without Ooh. a problem as long as they're 
internet connection works. It was originally meant, like a lot of other tools, to be used on-premises, but they've got a method that I can have somebody call in, just like I'm calling into your show right now in that regard. And the thing is, is I don't think it's got the strongest user interface, and I know a little bit about user interfaces. Uh, <laughs> okay, uh, uh, do you, do you guys, uh, you, you're using uh, Premiere, right? Yep. That's your your editor yeah, yeah. choice. So I'm a master trainer for Adobe. Wait, I teach wait, train the wait, trainer wait, classes. Wait, Jeff, 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 Jeff. Yep. Before, before you get into yep. that, the Premiere tip, I have a question about Wirecast. Is that what, are you going to be using? I'm Wire- not doing the Premiere tip. I'm oh, not you're not. My bad. Are you using Are you, using, are you okay. using Wirecast to do the show with you and uh, AV Guru, or was that? I'm name? doing using Wirecast to record myself and Michael. Yeah. So we can immediately when we're finished. I'm doing a live switch between us so the visuals aren't totally boring. I've got lower thirds that pop up. I've got the Reddit page up. Jeez, that's I've got really this cool. all built as a template. It's pretty goddamn cool. So you're going to be I hosting pro- and directing and producing at the same time, basically? Yeah, but it's just the two of us, man. It's just like when I get bored, I know to be on a new show. Yeah, fair enough. I feel like that's a lot of work. But hey, I'm well, excited to see it. Well, you'll tell me if it sucks. You'll tell me if it sucks. I will. Um, <laughs> I, I'm like, I don't care, man. Like I've had, I've, I've had, I've had a lot of people tell me my work is shit and I'm no, okay no. about it. I'm, I think, I think it's going to be fucking sick. I just, I know personally for me, I would get overwhelmed trying to do all that at once. It's, I have a stream deck set up and I just go, we need to be on this. We need to be on that. And it's just done. The, the thing is, is I learn, I, I have a maxim in life and the maxim is basically, it was from my dad. The day you stop learning is the day your brain starts dying. Uh-huh. And it's a straight maxim that anytime I've encountered something and I go, fuck, I don't want to learn that. An alarm goes off in the back of my head and I go, oh shit, I have to go learn that, even Absolutely. if I'm not an expert. So I teach train the trainer classes for Adobe. I'm a master. I wrote a book. I got a, an Adobe press book over there that you should never buy or read at this point because it's like <laughs> eight years old and it's all outdated. I do the same thing for Black Magic. Yeah. I do the same thing for Avid. I do the same thing for Apple. I really know these tools. And when I was running into problems with Wirecast, I said, I better learn how this goddamn tool works. And so I spent a day going, okay, and watching a bunch of tutorials and learning a couple of things and bringing some of my existing knowledge in. But it, I think the beauty of this segment what did you learn last week is the respect in your lives that's important to keep learning. Yeah, for absolutely. Sure. I mean, that's legit. Like the, the reason we started the segment, because it was like, man, I feel like every week we learn something cool, but we just don't have a. We, we don't we, mention it. Yeah, yeah, we don't mention it. You, so don't, we have well it you don't have a form for it. And I think mm-hmm. that I think that I don't care what it is. I had no idea what omakase is. That yeah, it? yeah, yeah. I've never heard the term before, and I'm wiser for it. Thank you. Oh, dude, thank you. Okay, so you said you had one premiere tip that I'll you, come you up with a to... premiere tip that I'll come up with. I, I can do this to the to the sun goes down. You well, want give, the give stupidest premiere tip? You want the stupidest premiere tip that's genius? Yeah, we we do stupid really well here. Yeah, stupid is our thing. <laughs> you know the meters in premiere? They're those beautiful gradients. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Do you ever notice that the same exact meters in Audition aren't stupid gradients? Mm-hmm. You can right-click on the meters in Premiere and turn off the gradient. You can right-click on the meters and say, you're showing peaks. Show me the valleys as well. So now you're seeing the range Ooh. that your mix is running. And so instead of Premiere, when, when I 
to have somebody who knows nothing about audio, I go, look, all you need to do is put voices in the green and put background stuff in the yellow. And you're, you're not great, but I can at least listen to your damn mix. Yeah. Like that's my, you've never used a tool before. Here is how to approach audio. Well, for the last, I remember when Premiere got its paint job, they put these beautiful smooth meters. And for the record, in audition, you have to turn on that smooth meter, that gradient meter. So that's just one. Like I could do this. I could do here. Here's another one for you. Um, Wait, real quick on on the topic of on the topic of Premiere, like kind of making stuff look pretty. I know Chris has a lot of problems with the new uh, the new export window. He hates the new export window. I just think it's too many clicks to get to the to do the same exact thing that, that you used to do. And that's but that's another one of those issues where they it seems like they just beautified it, you know. Okay, so all right, this is going to go too long, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to give you I'm going <laughs> to give you good. the real answer. I'm going to give you the real answer here. When you design software, you have a problem. The problem is really straightforward. You have to make it easily ingestible for new users. Otherwise, new users won't use the tool, and they'll say the tool is stupid. They never go. I'm. I need to learn more. They go, the tool is stupid. It's not intuitive. The phones have made it worse. So <laughs> it used to be when you would throw a, when you want to throw a clip on a timeline, Premiere, you'd have to create a sequence and choose from like 9,000 things. And then Adobe just took a page out of Apple's book, throw a clip on the timeline and it'll go, do you want me to make it like the clip? And yeah. because Adobe didn't want to be Apple, they said the default button says, leave it alone, not switch to the clip. On export, people look on that export and they're totally overwhelmed. Okay, now I'm going to get into real heavy duty with you. I don't export H.264 out of Premiere because it's too slow. And if I do it, I'm doing something a little bit more advanced in the workflow. So here's the quick button workflow to work faster, getting faster exports in Premiere. Change your sequence codec to being ProRes. Render as you go. Now you can tick the box that says use previews as you export. So every time you take Mm -hmm. a phone call, every time you hit the head, you're rendering in the background. Yep, you're building a lot of garbage files and they're huge. But when you go to export, everything will go out faster. Now, if I'm just doing quick crazies for clients, I'm going to use the crappiest version that comes out with the words to the client because it's going to be watermarked. (laughs) Hey, this isn't the final version. This is just an approval version. And it burns the name of the duplicated sequence for the client into that version. So there's no accidentally somebody goes, oh, no, man, we're not going to pay you. I'm just going to post it on YouTube or it's mm-hmm. good enough. Don't do the color work. Mm-hmm. Then my final work is all something with a different level of compression. If you want your real homework or we can phone in this in at some point, there's something called constant quality compression that the Mac version of Premiere can't do. Shutter encoder for free can do. Um, the PC version, you get a free tool that can add constant quality because none of us care about how big the file is. We care that it's perfect. So the next thing that's going to touch it isn't going to chew it over. Mm-hmm. Constant quality compression says keep the con- quality constant. And Chris, that dialog box at the end, <laughs> it really only has one thing for me, which is export yep. with previews. Get it out of Premiere use shutter encoder or something else like handbrake that does constant quality i get a guaranteed high quality file that gets handed off to the next step that's that's good to know because 
I mean, like I'll send a media encoder and that's like, a, a, that's the, the UI that I prefer that I'm used to. And maybe, that's cool, I, man. maybe I'm just being an old, old man and I don't want to change, but yeah. I just, you know, it's just something that's You're been just like everybody lately. else. Exactly. I know so many people who feel exactly like you do. And I do to a degree. I just, they're not going to change it back, man. I know. I'm going to make Final Cut 10 <laughs> back like Final Cut 7. I, I always like to say that it's an editor's God-given right to complain because that's like <laughs> that's what we do all the time. It's just sometimes you just have to complain about stuff. Look, uh, for the record, when it comes to exporting, I don't I, I I barely pay attention to that shit. I just get that shit out. And then uh, look, the final version, I'll make sure that one's exported right. But everything to up that I'm sending as like V1, V2. It's it's low res. It's whatever. I don't I don't really care. You know what I mean? I'm just trying to get that shit out quick and not upload a file. It's I'm too right big. with you. Yeah. Yep. That's why I'm rendering as I go, though, man, because then yeah. all my exports are fast. Yeah. My goal. Look, let me tell you, my my actual goal is to never have to fucking edit anymore. I, <laughs> I, I really editing is great, but it's so it like I'm so over it. I'd rather just like produce and kind of oversee stuff and do like big picture things. Um, but yeah, I'm still, uh, after this, I'm going to have to go edit. So <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck. I'm still doing it. You know, uh, it is what it is. Um, Jeff, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, do you have anything that you want to plug before we get out of here? Um, I think there's a conference that I'm speaking at called the visual storytellers conference. I'll announce it over Reddit. There's going to probably be a free online component for the education. There'll be an in-person LA section, and I'm probably going to run a 15 second filmmaking class at it, which is where oh. I challenge people to make a 15 to 60 second short, you know, sort of like a 48 hour film festival with something you can do inside of a day and not have your entire life derailed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm film geek pretty much everywhere. Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, Twitter. My, my big problem is I just try and stay off social media. I have nothing cool coming out, uh, soon, but I'll be involved in the visual storytelling conference. I'm Greedy's Mac on Reddit. You you're welcome to come bug me there. I literally am writing something every day. Maybe too much. I should spend more time with my kids, man. Get your kids on Reddit, dude. Make them spend time with you there. <laughs> They're 10, 6, and 2. They have no business being one. Yeah, Reddit. hell no. Um, Jeff, thanks so much for uh, for coming through, man. This was like an amazing episode. Uh, Chris, you want to uh, remind the people one more time where they can find all the Sizzle Reel stuff? Yeah, of course. So we are at Sizzle Reel Gang on Twitter and Instagram. We are Sizzle Gang at gmail.com. Please send us an email. Uh, you know, follow Shishkin Productions too. We're yeah. we're on TikTok and Instagram at Shishkin Productions or Shishkin Prod, depending. Yeah, I don't even really know what what the what the yeah. Our, our content creator intern has been putting out a lot of cool stuff. Yeah. You know of our our. Daily I hear she does great work. She she's does awesome, amazing. She, she's crushing it. And uh, you should know, we, should we mention her name? Yeah, Flora. 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 Flora, the content creator. Yep. I might bleep her last name because I'm not That's trying fine. to dox her, but. Yeah, Flora. You you might know Flora from the uh, one of the old episodes. She was uh, moderator Flora oh, for, for the spelling, spelling bee. bee. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, you people can call in. Too. Yeah, most, most important importantly, yeah, yeah, we have the Cicero cold line. Brr. Brr. What's the phone number of that cold line again? Oh, three three two three three three. Forty-three, sixty-one. <laughs> um, you gotta call in, leave a message. You know, it's that that morning zoo. Yeah, I was gonna say every time the show becomes more like a drive time show, it's fucking messed up. <laughs> but um, you know, we're doing what we can. Uh, one more time, Jeff. Thank you for coming through, man. This was a blast, a hell of an episode. We learned a bunch. We learned a bunch, and hopefully, um, I'm gonna I'll post it on on Reddit whenever it goes live, and maybe we'll please do. I'll I'll make one recommendation. You should do one of these a month where you're drinking. 
Oh. Well, we used we, to drink for all of them. <laughs> yeah, we, we honestly used to always do these like right at the end of the day yeah. and, you know, crack open a, a seltzer, you yeah. know, have have a good time. But recently we've been doing them during the daytime more yeah. and yeah, then going back like, to work. Yeah, we kind of have been knocking them. Well, we had a, we have we've had like real guests on. So That's true. But next time we yeah, maybe. Oh, I almost forgot. Hundredth episode. Oh, yeah. The hundredth episode is going to be August 24th. We're filming it or taping it live at uh, Wandering Barman. That's exciting. Two Uh, months. Yeah. Get your tickets. Um, They're going to be cheap and they're going to be on scissorrealgangthewebsite.com. I'm going to build that website soon. And... um, it's going to be a power hour. So, Jeff, you were, you were saying we should drink during it. You reminded me. Oh, it's, God. Yeah. It's God, be I would love to be there. For, I'm, I mean, that's like three days after my birthday. I have no my my wife would kill me. And if I do a power hour, there's no way I'm going to function. <laughs> All right. Well, if you are in Brooklyn, anyone, not just you, Jeff, but anyone listening, if you're in Brooklyn, uh, August 24th, yeah. come to Wandering Barman. Come see us uh, record this real live. We'll, we'll do it in front of like four people. It's going to be great. <laughs> um, one more time, Jeff, thank you for coming through. Uh, Chris, thank you for hosting as always. Of and course. we will see you next week, Sizzlers. See ya. Bye. Thank you. Productions Podcast.